Block All right, radio. everybody. Oh, no. 30. All right, that's a 30-minute timeout intro. It automatically plays. I forgot about it. Uh, but for everybody who's going to be listening to this podcast, this is a brand-new podcast for Pro Sports Extra. Uh, we're going to be naming it Wager Vision. Uh, it's going to be three of us on here talking about our, our favorite things in gambling, you know, uh, America's real pastime, and we're going to be bringing in lines that we like, season win totals. Right today is just kind of a, a test run for us for the whole football season. Uh, if you listen to 30 Minute Timeout, I am Boomer at Live with Boomer on Twitter. Uh, but today we have a new guest uh, host, and his name is Cameron. Cameron, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Boomer. Um, yeah, NFL is my favorite sport. I love to talk wagering on it. Uh, America's pastime, as you said. And uh, it should be a good season, a lot to talk about. And, you know, finally getting out of the dog days of summer, where we've all we've had is baseball and WNBA. So it feels good to have NFL right around the corner. Yeah, I, I kind of even forget that the WNBA even exists. <laughs> <laughs> Most people do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, NFL is my favorite sport, too. College is right there behind it. I, there's nothing better than wasting a weekend getting drunk and watching football and gambling. Uh, Cam's more of kind of a, a line mover and expert on all that stuff uh, than me. I kind of uh, go with my gut a lot and stuff like that. Uh, he knows a little bit more than me, but I love to gamble. So uh, first things first, uh, Cam, go ahead and go with some of your uh, preseason bets you like until Jared calls in, and then we'll kind of go over the division stuff. Sure. Um, you know, as far as preseason, it, you know, it's pretty light for me. Um, it, there's, there's so much randomness and, you know, typically, you know, the coaches are going to take their starters out after the first drive or so. Um, but what is interesting is if you look at the big board, you know, you got 16 games on here for the first week of the preseason and they're basically all three points or less. Um, and that just speaks to, you know, the kind of randomness of it. The limits are lower too, because, um, you know, there's very little information to go around. Um, one game I do like is Indianapolis at Seattle. Um, that's 10 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. And Indianapolis is a, a two-point dog on the road. Um, I, like, I like the Colts here. And for the very simple reason of um, um, new coach for the Colts, Frank Wright, he's, he's actually gone out and said that he's going to play Andrew Luck for the full first quarter. That might not seem like a lot, but um, compared to most teams in the NFL who are yanking their starters out after the first drive or two, um, the fact that we get a, a healthy Andrew Luck for a whole quarter, I think that's a big enough edge to to fire here. So I like the Colts plus two uh, on Thursday. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I figured Luck would play. I mean, he could be awful. We don't know. Nobody's really seen anything about him, but I figured he'd play. I don't know who Seattle is going to play. It might just be kind of like uh, – the Ravens versus Bears game where no starters really play um, just to kind of just get people out there. I, I'm not sure. That's the crazy thing about preseason. It's so hard to gamble on. Uh, but I still love watching it, you know, between I like college, so seeing players, see if they make teams. Uh, but I, I would agree with you. I think Colts would be the better bet there just because I think they'll have more starters to try and build chemistry since luck's been out so long. Sure. And the other thing you have to keep in mind is if you've got a new head coach, uh, Colts bringing in, Frank Reich after they, uh, you know, canned Chuck Pagano last season. I, I really think there's something to it. I think the new coach wants to get in there. They know preseason doesn't matter, but nobody wants to be 0-4 in the preseason. So if they can win that first game, 
um, you know, the beat, the beat writers get on their side and maybe the fans have a little bit more optimism. I'm not saying he's going to go out and be throwing a whole bunch of trick plays and onside kicks to win the game, but, but I think there's a, a, a tiny edge that can be found there when you have a new coach in the preseason. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, like you said, he's, he wants to build a winning culture because he doesn't have, you know, the, the years underneath him and stuff like that. So I get what you're saying. Uh, so, yeah, I, and I don't – I mean, he probably kind of has to prove himself. I get he was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, but other than that, he's never had this kind of position before, correct? Uh, correct. This would be his first time as a head coach. Uh, but how about you? Right. Do you have any uh you like in the preseason? Um, I haven't actually paid too close attention. I mean, I'm just a Raiders fan, so I'm just hoping to see some of that. A team that I think – uh, could have a good preseason because they also have a new uh, head coach. I haven't checked the line out or anything like that, but that's the Tennessee Titans. Um, they got some people that I follow in uh, college that are on their team that I'm looking forward to watch. And plus, like you said, they got a new coach, so they might be putting playing more starters uh, for longer too. So that that might pan out for them in the preseason to cover some spreads. But mostly, I I haven't paid too much attention to it. Sure. The other thing I'd be wondering about that game is you've got two, you've got two starting quarterbacks coming off of you know injury plagued seasons. Um, I, I believe Andrew, uh, I believe Aaron Rodgers' injury was a little bit worse um, with the knee. So I, I don't know. I've, have you read anything? Are, are they even planning on playing Aaron Rodgers? I know most of the time these uh, veterans I, don't even get that. Like uh, you know Drew Brees in New Orleans is not even going to play in the preseason. Yeah, I figured. They haven't said anything yet that I've read, and I've been trying to read a little bit about it because, you know, Rogers flipped out the other day about the practices and stuff like that. So I think that there's no way that he plays, especially since he got injured last year. And without him, that team is absolutely terrible. Like, they are absolutely garbage without him. I mean, they barely beat the Browns last year, so that shows you that they're bottom feeders without Rogers. I don't think you can run the risk of putting them out there in preseason when you know the guy's great. I, I just don't see the, the reward there. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, I don't know. It I looks like Jared's having some problems. He's texting me, but he's saying he can't get through right now. Uh, but just something I kind of wanted to uh, run down real quick is uh, just some of the division stuff and just kind of talk about who you think will win the divisions and stuff like that. First one that I'll go right off the way off the board, uh, I, I you have to lay a ton of money to even win. 100 bucks, which is the pass at minus $750. I don't think there's anybody else in that division that has a chance. Uh, all the lines, if you take the other side, are huge dogs, so you could actually win some money. Um, but to win $100, you'd have to lay $750. Uh, I think that's the safest bet in that division, even though you're putting up a lot of money. What do you think? I 100% agree. Uh, you know, the Pats have gotten slack in years past because they play in such an easy division. It might even be easier this year because you look down the line, the Jets, they're rebuilding. They, they're going to start a rookie quarterback. The Bills, they're rebuilding. And, you know, even the Dolphins, I know there's some optimism with Ryan Tannehill coming back. And, you know, if I had to make a play, I'd probably take the Dolphins, you know, take a flyer. And that's really just the yeah. bet on Tom Brady getting injured. Because if he's healthy for the season, they're going to win. And it's, it's as simple as that. They could walk away with the division at 10-6. and six. And, you know, it's really as simple as that. Uh, but like I said, you know, if you wanted to take a flyer, 
I'd probably look at the Dolphins just because they have a history of being consistent. And what I mean by that is uh, over the seasons, they've won at least seven games. So they do hang around, and in a weak division, you could see something crazy happening if Brady got hurt. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Patriots are definitely the safest bet. Well, yeah, that and the uh, uh, Pats haven't beaten swept uh, the Dolphins in quite some time. So if they stumble somewhere else, you know, and Dolphins sneak one of those away, I, I get what you're saying. I think they're plus 350 uh, to win it. I think it was something like that. Um, so, I mean, it could be something crazy. But I just don't see it happening unless – Unless the you know all these rumors and things flying around right now are happening, uh, it really derails the team with the Patriots. Other than that, I just don't see that there's any way um, that it can happen. Uh, one of the teams that I picked to win the division, uh, actually the biggest dog that I took to win it for me is the uh, Dallas Cowboys to win the NFC East. I took them plus three twenty-five. I think that. Uh, Philadelphia is riding a little too high still on this Super Bowl win. They're still acting like it just happened. I think they're getting a little too – I get that they're trying to have fun. They say that they like to have fun, but I think they're getting a little too lackadaisical. Um, I just don't think the Giants have the quarterback to do it, and um, the Redskins are the Redskins. So I actually think Dallas has a pretty solid team. I think they'll be better without Dez. I took them plus 325, so that means if I'd lay $100, I'd win 325 on the bet. Uh, what do you think about that? Um, I would tend to agree. Um, on these division winners, I, I'm pretty light on these. Um, I, I wager more on the season win totals and, of course, you know, week by week, the size and total. Yeah. Uh, if I had to take a bet here, I, I'd be on your side too. You know, the Eagles, you're going to have to lay, uh, in my book, bet online, it's minus 150, so risk 150 to 100. Um they're clearly the best team in the division, but like you said, when the team goes out and wins the Super Bowl, you do expect, uh, you know, a bit of a hangover. And um, the NFC East is, is unique in that it seems like there's a new division winner almost every single season. There hasn't been a back-to-back winner in uh, God knows how long, at least a decade, it seems like. And so, you know, I think the Cowboys at plus money uh, does make a whole lot of sense. Before we move on, I do want to get your opinion on the Giants because – I hate the Giants. I think they're going to be a dumpster fire again. But I'm I'm seeing a lot, you know, on Sports Talk Radio. Colin Coward went out, and he he seems to like the Giants this year. I mean, is there anything behind that, or is this just people, you know, New York bias, and they have a big fan base? No, man, there is tons of experts that are on them, and I don't get it either. I, I think, me personally, I think when they went with the number two pick at a running back, it was a bad it was a bad spot. I think they needed to get a quarterback, uh, especially if they're going to keep Odell, because this year's draft, there isn't going to be really any good quarterbacks. Maybe Shea Patterson, uh, but nobody that looks awesome, that looks like a solid quarterback. I think they should have went quarterback. I think they might have set themselves back. Eli hasn't been even average for the past five years, so I, I don't get what people people are acting like Barkley's supposed to be like the greatest thing ever, like he's going to have like 30 touchdowns or something. Uh, they're hyping him up way too much. Odell's acting super nice right now so he can get that contract, but once he gets it, I think he goes back <laughs> to being the same Odell. Uh, so I, I think that they're in a, in a lot of trouble, but right now it's really quiet because the whole team's being quiet. You know, everybody's being good, um, but I just don't think Eli has it anymore. I think it, they should have cut him after last season. I don't think that they should have ended the streak what McAdoo did for somebody 
that's no good either. Uh, I think they just should have waited to the end of the season and cut him and let him go. I mean, he's he's nothing anymore, I don't think. Yeah, every team's confident right now. Everybody's 0-0. Um, but to your point on Saquon Barkley, you know, I like the pick, but at the end of the day, running backs, they don't have a huge effect on the game. Um, I, I would like that pick better if they also took a rookie quarterback to, you know, kind of build the offense behind. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not seeing the Giants' optimism. I mean, if you look back, um, you know, a, a stat that I like to use a lot is net yards per play. It kind of sums up how good a team is on offense and defense in one stat. And the Giants were 31 out of 32 teams last year. I mean, they were bottom dwellers, below the Cleveland Browns, uh, below the Bills. So I, I just I don't see a lot to be optimistic about. And, uh, you know, to your point, Eli's washed up, and I wish they would have taken a rookie quarterback. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I don't know why people are so high on them either. I, I agree 100%. They still need to work on that line a little bit too, even though they added a little bit. Uh, but I guess we'll see. I mean, th- there's been years where they're 97 and squeaking to the playoffs and win a damn thing. So that seems to be their <laughs> number, and maybe, maybe maybe they'll pull that off again for all we know. Sure. As long as they face New England. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um Another one, uh, I don't know how you feel about the uh, AFC West. Uh, I actually normally, even though I'm a huge Raiders fan, I probably actually would have taken the Chargers to win it. Uh, but now I'm going to go with the Raiders at plus 250 uh, because they Chargers have already lost Hunter Henry to ACL injury. Then they lost maybe one of the top five corners in the league, uh, Verrett, uh, to an ACL injury. Now I, I just I can't remember who the player was the other day. I heard another like pretty significant. I don't remember if it was an offensive lineman or defensive lineman went down in practice too, like hobbled off. Uh, it hasn't been updated that he's out for the year or anything like the other people. But I don't know. Chargers just for some reason can never get out of the way, even when they were unreal with Schottenheimer, and then they get you know don't even make it to the AFC Championship. Patriots knock them out. Like I don't know. They just never can seem to get out of the way. Maybe it's because maybe LA is going to change it for them. Uh, they should be the clear favorite in the division because I think Mahomes is going to struggle. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Raiders plus 250 to win the AFC West. Yeah, I think that's a solid bet. Um, this is one of the more wide-open divisions, in my opinion. Um, you know, as you said, the Chargers are the favorite. Uh, in my book, they're, they're at plus 135. Find a way to lose games year in and year out. And the key for me in betting against the Chargers is they really do not have a home field advantage, which is a big deal in the NFL. I mean, they play, they just moved to Los Angeles, and they play in a soccer stadium. Their home games last year were pathetic. I mean, you're talking about just a handful of fans rooting for the Chargers. Many times, you know, the opposing team had, you know, two or three times more fans. So they get hurt because they don't have a home field advantage. They play 16 road games. So I don't like the Chargers, the Chiefs, as you said, Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, I, he has the arm talent, and he's got you know he's got the flashy, uh, the speed and the arm talent to go with it. Um, but you know, I'm asking myself, how many, how many? I know he's not a rookie, but he has the experience of a rookie quarterback. How many rookie quarterbacks go yeah. out and win the division? You know, I know we've had Carson Wentz, you know, last year and or two years ago, and we've had. Um, you know, other guys do it, but it's it's pretty infrequent. So I, I think the Raiders at plus money, um, uh, you know, at three to one, you're getting a pretty good payout. And I, I, if I had to make a bet, I'd probably side with you. Um, 
the yeah, one storyline I'm actually, curious to get your opinion on uh, about the Raiders is, you know, kind of the conflict uh, that it seems like they're having between John Gruden and some of the other, um, you know, veteran players. Is he too old school? Does he rub people the wrong way? The fact that he's been the star on TV? Or do you think all of that is just we have nothing to talk about in sports right now? Um, well, one of the things I've read too much, really, is that he, he's been showing old video to him, which, you know, I think he's trying to show him how how to play, you know, how to actually hit, you know, with all these rule changes. I think he's just trying to show, like, people from back then that, you know, played good and stuff like that. Uh, the main thing is, is Cleo Mack. I mean, I don't – I've heard he's reached – he's tried calling Cleo Mack. Cleo Mack hasn't answered anybody. Reggie McKenzie says he won't reach out to Cleo Mack because his, his policy is always – I'm not negotiating a deal unless you're in camp. So they haven't had any, I guess, talks, contract talks since February. Um, but, I mean, once again, I love Cleo Mack. He's, he might be my favorite Raider. Uh, but in NFL today, the defense doesn't matter as much as the offense. So I think in the long run, it doesn't really hurt the Raiders. Uh, but it kind of hurts me because I'm a fan of Cleo Mack, and I think he's awesome. But uh, defense these days gets penalized for so much, and – Offense is what changes games that I, I don't think it's going to matter. And I think they're going to have a very, very – Sure. And Derek Carr, do you expect a, a bounce back year from him? Oh, yeah. That, we had Todd, Todd Downing last year. He, after we had a great year, he came in. He changed up the schemes. He ch- changed, changed up the blocking on the line, changed up everything, and it just, it just ruined. Uh, I, I've heard the linemen complain about that, how bad he was. And I guess that was kind of the fall of Del Rio. Is everybody wanted that guy fired, uh, the Downing, and Del Rio said he's going to stick by him, and then that's why everybody would kind of want against him. Um, and you know that ended up being why he got fired, is because kind of everybody went against him, the owner, the players, you know, the GM. So he was backing the wrong guy, and I don't know why he was. I mean, they didn't. Their offense was terrible, so I don't know why he was backing him. But that's that's what happened. So I think they'll turn it around this year. I think they'll run it some more with Lynch and. Uh, Martin, I think they'll kind of try and pound it and become, you know, the old, and then chuck it deep. Uh, I've seen some highlights of Amari Cooper at the uh, against the Lions right now. He's been breaking down their defenders hardcore, so hopefully he has a big comeback here because he's been looking great in today. The stuff I've been watching. Sure, and I love that point about the uh, you said the offensive line coach and how everybody wanted him out. I think if you if you've got information like that. Uh, because most of the betting public does not pay attention to the offensive line coaches of these teams. But if you've got a little nugget of information like that, and it, it sounds like a team really uh, is not supporting a, a, a coach of a position group that's very important for the offense to click, I mean, that's some actionable information. So uh, that's, that's, uh, I think that's a lesson for, you know, going forward. Um, but yeah, like I said, I had no idea. I just, I didn't really pay attention to that kind of coaching change, but um, that's good stuff. Yeah, uh, so a division that could be really tough, I think it could come down to three teams, um, but I'm going to stick with the Atlanta Falcons here. I think it could be the Saints, Falcons, or Panthers this year. I think the Panthers could have – I mean, they, they were decent last year anyways, but I think they could Cam could really pull it together finally again, you know, after two years away removed from his MVP. Uh, but I'm still going to go with Atlanta, plus 170 to win the NFC South. I think those four games uh, – with the suspension to uh, his name, the other running back at the Saints, uh, won the Heisman Trophy. Can't even think of his name. Either way, it doesn't matter. Uh, he's Kamara. suspended for four games, so it's going to – what was that? Alvin Kamara. 
No, Kamara's not suspended. It's uh, what's his name from Alabama? Won the Heisman like six years ago. Um, Mark. Mark Ingram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ingram suspended mm-hmm. for four games. So it's going to be all Alvin Kamara for the first four games. Drew Brees is another year older, so it means he's probably a little less accurate. Uh, even though he's a great quarterback, I just think that you know not everybody can beat Tom Brady. Like there's just no way all of a sudden every quarterback can play into their 40s and be great. Like, I just don't see it happening. So, I think they kind of fall. I mean, they're not going to fall off. They'll probably still be pretty good, but I think Atlanta, their offense is just unbelievable. Even though I think Matt Ryan's overrated, he's got so many weapons. Their defense is solid. I just think that they they take the South this year, and I'll take that at plus 170. Sure. I think that's a fine bet. I'm actually going to go head-to-head with you. I'm going to take the Saints. Uh, my book there listed at plus 150. Um, you know, your your point on Drew Brees and the regression because he is getting up there in age, you know, it's it's a good point, um, but he's still throwing up monster numbers. And, you know, the Saints' issue in years past has been they've had a pretty crappy defense, but they've turned it around in the past couple of yeah. years. And, you know, more importantly, I like their mindset. Drew Brees is out the door in the next year or two, and it seems like, uh, you know, the front office knows that. They go ahead and move up in the draft and take, uh, you know, the defensive ends. Uh, Marcus Davenport, I, I think they're putting all their chips on the table here and really going for it in the next year or two. Um, so, you know, I like their mindset headed in the season, and they've got the amazing offense. And I'm, I'm going to take the Saints at plus 150 to win the NFC South. Nice. Yeah, I, I think it's going to come down to those two, even though I think Cam ends up having a good year. Tampa Bay's, I mean, four games without Jameis. I mean, Andy's probably going to be a little bit, uh, you know, to call him a head case, but he's probably going to have too, so much stuff going on in his head, you know, with those missing those four games. And if they lose all four, he's going to try and overcompensate, trying to bounce back. I just think Tampa ends up being the worst team in the league. I think Dirk Tutter gets fired. I think they get the number one pick, and I don't know what they do with if they move on from Winston or not or what's going to go on there. But I, I just think they kind of fall apart this year um, and have to just take it and uh, try and fix next year. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I want to know what you think of the NFC West. Uh, another team that's kind of like the Eagles, where they they put a ton of talent on the roster, uh, but could it be too much drama? Will it blow up? I'm still going to take them as the, to win it at minus 125, and that's the LA Rams. What do you think of all the pieces they've added to that roster? Do you think that defense could be the greatest defense ever if they pull it together? Um, you know, they've certainly added a lot of talent, um, but a lot of personalities go, to go with it. The thing I like most about the Rams is, is Sean McVay, you know, the boy genius. He's fantastic at what he does, and that's coach offense. Um, he's turned Jared, Jared Goff, who looked like a complete bust in his first year, turned him into a pretty solid quarterback. And, you know, the way, the way their team is organized is Sean McVay, is, is in, he's in charge of the offense, but he doesn't. He doesn't trust the defense at all. And, you know, I, I think his ability to recognize his shortcomings and just focus on what he does best to specialize uh, has definitely helped him. And I think it's why they had so much success last year. Um, in my opinion, the Rams are the best team in the NFC West. Um, you know, if, if I had to bet, I'd probably take the Seahawks. And that's in spite of me not having a whole lot of confidence in them. I think their dynasty is over. But if you give me a team with a top-five quarterback, and I think Russell Wilson is a top-five quarterback, and I'm getting 5-1 to one for them to win a pretty tight division, 
mm-hmm. think that's the making of a pretty good bet. Um, but like I said, uh, you know, I'm down on their defense. Um, and then moving over to the 49ers, um, I think they're overhyped right now. I think they're overvalued by the marketplace. Um, everybody loves Jimmy G. You know, he hasn't lost a game in the NFL. But everybody knows that, particularly the betting public who um, is really looking at quarterbacks for the most part. They're looking at wins and losses. Um, I just don't think you can back the 49ers. I think they're too expensive because of that hype. And then moving over to the Cardinals, um, really, I, I think they're unbettable at this point. I mean, we'll see if we can find some good value with them week in and week out. But they're starting Sam Bradford, and that guy's made of glass. Um, they're probably going to have to go to Josh Rosen. And, you know, my point earlier about there's just very few teams that can go ahead and win their division with a rookie quarterback. So, um, you know, to wrap it up, the Rams, I think they're the best team in the division. If I had to bet, I'd probably take the Seahawks just on value. But um, the, the Rams are definitely the class of the NFC West. Yeah, I, I agree with the Seahawks. Everybody's, like, hardcore down on the Seahawks, and I just don't get why. I, I get they lost some of their defense and stuff like that, uh, but they have Russell Wilson, who's carried them forever and will continue to carry them. And, he, you know, they'll be – I think they'll be just fine. They may not win the division, um, but I think they'll be right there to compete to make a playoff spot, which they always are. Uh, they're never going to have a horrible season. Everybody's really down on them, like they're going to be really bad. Uh, I agree with Jimmy G. Finally, everybody's going to have tape on him actually playing, so they're studying up on him, and they're going to come at him with everything this year. And You know, anybody who, during their first year – I said the same thing about Carson Wentz's rookie year. Uh, he didn't play in the preseason because he got hurt a little bit, and then he came in and he was lighting it up through uh, like the first three, four weeks. And I was like, well, now people find they're going to have tape. Just give it a little bit by the middle of the season. And then the Eagles kind of fell apart midway through the season and didn't really bounce back his rookie year. Um, you know, once you get tape on somebody, that's when you see if they're really good. Wentz came back and adjusted and was great the next year. So, it's going to be how does Jimmy G react halfway through the year when everybody has tape? Is he going to be able to bounce back and adjust and be good, which nobody knows? And we've already seen him make stupid decisions like going out with the porn star in public. So who knows what <laughs> his mindset is on that. Um, and then the Cardinals, I, I yes, even if Bradford goes down, I think Rosen might actually be unbelievable. I think he might be one of the steals of the draft, even though the rest of your team isn't great, but they have a great running back. They have always solid Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, they lost the Honey Badger, which I think is going to be a huge hit to that defense. Uh, so they'll probably be bottom feeders this year. Uh, but I think they have the quarterback of the future, so all they need to do is build that offensive line, um, work on that defense, and I think they'll be all right. Uh, so, yeah, I think that they'll – I have to go with the Rams because I think that if they get that defense to work with Wade Phillips, they could have one of the best defenses ever. Plus, they have an electric offense. They could have the hell of a year. Um but we'll see. But I, I'll take that 125 uh, to win 100 any time on a team that looks that talented. Um, now, a, a conference that's been awful for the past, I don't know, 10 years, usually has one team that's ever good in it. Uh, seems like this year they're going to be all the way solid is the AFC South. Uh, you know, Andrew Luck is back. Watson should come back from injury if he's even 80% of what he was last year. Uh, you know, having the most touchdowns ever through seven games, if he even comes back a little bit. Texas are going to be awesome. Their defense is awesome. The guy I just mentioned, the Honey Badger, they got him on defense. J.J. Watt is back. Jacksonville slash Saxonville, they just have a horrible quarterback, so I think that's going to hurt them this year. And then the Titans, they're all right. They got a new coach. I, I think they need to figure out something with Mariota. 
uh, how to make it even better. Uh, but I think the Titans will end up being the bottom feeder in that. But I have the Texans plus 175 to win that AFC South. Yeah, I can't argue with there uh, with you there. I like the Texans a lot. Um, one thing I'll say about um, one thing I'll say about the Titans is while they did go ahead and make the playoffs last year and they finished with a winning record, it's kind of deceptive. If you dig if you dig into their schedule, they played the Colts twice without Andrew Luck, and they played yep. the Texans without Deshaun Watson. So they basically ha- I mean they had the easiest in the NFL, and yep. that's gonna that's gonna inflate your win total. That's gonna inflate your stats and how good your team looks. So, you know, I think I think the Titans are due for a little bit of a bounce back downward this season. Um, I don't like them a lot, and I, I'm going to look to fade them um, when they go on the road in certain spots. Um, I, the Jaguars, you know, everyone hates on Blake Bortles, and rightfully so. He's below average. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but their defense is championship caliber. Jalen Ramsey's a stud. Um, they've got a lot of playmakers that can go after the ball and turn you over. So, you know, they're a scary team. You know, the the Colts, like I said, I like them, but we've got to see uh, how Andrew Luck's arm is holding up. So that's where I think, you know, paying attention to them in the preseason is going to pay off. Mm -hmm. Um, I I can't bet on this division. I think there's too much uncertainty for me with Andrew (laughs) Luck. How how healthy is he going to be? You know, Deshaun Watson, he's off an injury as well. Is he due for a sophomore slump? Um, but I think the Texans are the most complete team, if healthy. Um, you know, J.J. Watt, uh, you know, Whitney Merciless, they've got an absolutely brutal defensive line and you know, also some playmakers like DeAndre Hopkins to go with it. So, you know, I like the Texans, but I, I just don't have a real strong feel for this division. Um, but that could change. Uh, that could change, you know, if we see some things from the Colts in the preseason and we'll go from there. But, uh, yeah, I think the Texans are a good team. I think they're solid. All right, the last division, and then we'll uh, just – got about 14 minutes left before you can just kind of talk about some things we want to talk about. But the last division, uh, for me, I think the Packers are overrated just because they have Aaron Rodgers. Everybody is on that train. I'm totally against it. I think the Bears will be bad because I think Trubisky is terrible. I just I just don't think he has it. I think he was a bad pick. Um, and then – for me, so for me, plus 125, which I think is actually, I can't believe they're in the plus. I'll take that all day. I'll take the Vikings plus 125 to win the NFC North, even though they got a lot of lucky breaks last year to do it. I just think that they have the team to do it. Their defense is solid. They switched out quarterback. I think if it was Kate Keenan again, I could see maybe having a step back because I don't think he'll ever play that good as he did last year. Uh, but Kirk Cousins, I think, is a solid quarterback. I think the uh, Redskins were nuts for just letting him go and, and playing with them for the past two years, doing whatever the hell they're doing. I don't know. Uh, but for me, I'm going with the Vikings plus 125. I also think the Lions fall apart this year. Oh, man. See, if I'm betting if I'm betting a uh, division winner here, I'm taking the Lions at plus 550. I know it sounds ugly, <laughs> and I know people hate on Matt Stafford, but they went ahead and got rid of their coach, who was so conservative, he would punt on third down. They bring in the mad scientist, Matt Patricia, I think you can coach him up. I think if you give me a top, I don't know, what is Matt Stafford, top 10, top 12, somewhere along those lines oh, in a weaker 15, division, I think they've got a shot. I think they've absolutely got a shot. And to your point, the Packers are overrated. They never sign receivers in the offseason. They never give Aaron Rodgers yep. talent to throw to. The Bears, yep. completely overrated. Mitch Trubisky, I, I think people are kind of, you know, I think people are seeing in him – 
something that he's just not at this point. Um, the Vikings are clearly the better team, right? They're clearly the better team, and they'll probably go ahead and win the division. But at plus 550 for the Lions, it could be worth a shot. Like I said, I'm not betting this, but if I had to in this division, I would take a shot with the Lions. Um, I, I just think with Matt Stafford and, and their new coach, new culture, I think they've got a shot. I think they've got a shot, especially if Aaron Rodgers runs into trouble with his injury again and if the Bears uh, underperform like we both expect. Yeah. Um, I, real quick before let you talk, before we go into something else, but I was just going to ask you on our other podcast, we were just doing our, our own power rankings and, uh, me and Ron came up with, you know, our top – we ranked teams 32 to 1. Uh, who who do you think is your number – who do you – going into the season, what do you think right now is your number one team? I think the Saints are my number one team in the NFL. Um, I, I really do. Um, you know, the past couple of years, it's been the Patriots or the Steelers, um, or you could make the case for the Eagles last season. Um, going into this season, I, I like I like New Orleans a lot. I think if you look at their underlying stats, they have one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL. They're balanced. They've got Alvin Kamara and Ingram on, uh, you know, to run the ball. They've got Hall of Famer Drew Brees. Drew Brees. I love Sean Payton and his aggressive play calling. Um, and I think their defense is, is, you know, slightly above average to keep them in games. So um, my number one team for now is New Orleans. That's what Ron had, so you guys think alike. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Who's yours? Go ahead. Uh, I had the Rams. I think that they, if they, if they, I, gotcha. I put in the, if they can pull it together, I think they're going to be unbelievable. But we'll we'll see. That's what the season will tell us if they can. Um, but uh, something I just want to get off my chest real quick. I know you're not a big college person. I uh, just want to say this quick while we got like I don't know maybe eight more minutes left to the show. Uh, for me, over under win totals for the season. Um, two teams that I think the over-under flies over. I'm really big on them. I can't believe that they're over-under so low. It's Florida Atlantic University with Lane Kiffin. Uh, last year, he, he opened with a big team uh, and lost that game and then went undefeated throughout the rest of the season. Uh, he opens at Oklahoma again this year, another 21-point uh, dog. They have a shot. I think Oklahoma could be really down this year. Uh, Lane Kiffin's got that team going. He's a creative mind offense, even though he's one of the weirdest teams in the world. Uh, he's a guy who knows how to coach <laughs> offensively. Their they're over-under is eight and a half on the season. I think they fly over. I don't think they lose in their division or conference, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I think it flies over that eight and a half. I don't think anybody has a shot. The, the conference is pretty bad. Uh, then my other one is West Virginia. Uh, they get Will Greer back. They get – I can't think of the quarterback's name right now. He is actually the quarterback that was uh, this eighth grader that Lane Kiffin gave a scholarship to at USC a long time ago. Everybody made a big deal out of it because it was, like, the first time ever somebody gave somebody, like, eighth grade a scholarship. Uh, well, he ended up not being a good quarterback. It, yeah, he ended up not being a good quarterback. and went to West Virginia's receiver. David Sills is his name. Um, and he's a great receiver. Uh, so he has a good chance to go pro. Um, West Virginia is awesome. Their over-under is only set at seven and a half. I don't even, I think the Big 12 is down. I think they're one of the best teams in the Big 12. I think they fly over that mark. I think they have a shot at the playoffs. Like, this team is going to be solid. Uh, so, if anybody is in on over-under bets, those are the two for season wins that I really like in college. Go ahead and break down anything you want. 
in the last, like, five minutes that you like coming up or any lines that you see? Sure. Um, you know, like I said before, college is not my forte. I stick with NFL. Um, but I just want to say this. Uh, you know, this is the first season where we've got, you know, an expansion of legalized gambling, of course, with the uh, Supreme Court case. And so I think we're going to see a lot of new uh, sports fans coming into the market and betting on NFL, college football, uh, what have you. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want to say, you know, the key difference is because a lot of these, a lot of these players are coming from fantasy football. And, you know, the key difference is in fantasy football, you know, you're playing against your friends at the office, your buddies from college, and, you know, it, it's much easier to beat these guys. But when you're betting on sports, when you're um, getting action down at, you know, maybe you've got an offshore book or if you're going to your local casino, you're betting a sports book that has put millions of dollars into these lines. They're using advanced analytics to, to figure out how much juice to charge and, you know, down to the half point. So it's a lot more difficult, and I think you've got to find different ways to find edges week in and week out. You know, some people take an analytical approach, and they like using, you know, different stats like net yards per play. Other people like to skim, you know, local news, you know, nuggets of information, and, you know, whatever works for you. But I just think, um, you know, people have to realize it's very difficult to beat the bookies, um, but it can be done if you're disciplined and it sure does help to watch a lot of football. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It definitely does that. Like you said, there is going to be a lot of people just because it's once it's legalized in places, they're just going to want to do it to try check it out. Uh, I will also say this to you. All the things he said are true, but I will tell you this. If you like football and you even put $5 on that game, and $5 could be a lot to somebody. You put $5 on that game, I promise you, you will start watching that, the game more Define than you ever have in your life, and you will start noticing when you uh, people are like, "Oh, that call was BS," or whatever. You start noticing things you would notice when you're just regularly watching a game, just enjoying it to enjoy it, and you don't you don't pick out the little intricate things that happen. You know, you're gonna notice calls that the refs make at the weirdest time that's gonna screw you over. Like it's cool, it's fun, even when it doesn't. I mean, it's just a whole different kind of a general rush while watching a game. I think people will really enjoy that. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't make anybody addicted or hooked, but uh, it is a way different experience while watching a game when you even have a little bit of money on it. Uh, I I say anybody who hasn't done it to just try it. I don't care if it's $5, if it's a dollar. Make a friendly bet with your friend. I don't care for lunch or something. Just try it. See it. I I think you'll, you'll see that sports gambling can be really fun. It really inserts yourself into the game. Sure, it's definitely about that engagement and feeling like you're locked into the game. Uh, but let me ask you this: is is that gonna is that gonna cause more controversy or less? Because a lot of people, um, you know, in making the argument for legalized sports betting, you know, the, the argument goes, "Hey, it's going to you know strengthen the integrity of the game because there's more eyeballs on it and there's more regulators involved and things along those lines." But part of me thinks that there's going to be more, you know over analysis of every single call, as you mentioned, right? Like if you've got money on the game and all of a sudden, uh, you know, there's a strange holding call in the backfield that, you know, looks pretty ticky-tack, is that going to cause more controversy? Is ESPN going to pick up a story along those lines? Or is it going to increase the confidence that these sports leagues and the refereeing is, is it, it, you know, has integrity? 
I think I think there's definitely going to start. There will be more people writing articles now about it, just because gambling is legal in some places. So it's it's a more and it's a big thing to talk about. Like you said, it's going to be bringing new people in, uh, so people are going to want to read about it. Already does a show Bad Beats, which is that's the only part of ESPN I will watch. I hate ESPN, uh, but the Bad Beats segment is hilarious. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's gonna, at first it's going to be controversial because pe- people are going to finally, you know, their eyes are going to be open to it. They're going to be like, "Holy cow, that ref just called something that you know can't believe that happened." Even though it happens all the time, but now people are going to be focused on it. Um, I think it'll actually help make the uh, NFL make that uh, more accountable to these refs, where they need to be more accountable for the calls that they're making. Uh, so that's kind of why I actually like gambling because right now refs are out there just running around lawless, you know. They don't have anybody to answer to. They could throw a game. I mean, they can make that call and have no repercussions to it. I think this might actually start having some repercussions or accountability to the refs where, uh, you know, they start start really uh, getting on them and making sure that the game's called right and better and in the big moments, you know, not just some call because you think maybe I think it needs to be certain. Um so I think at, at first I think it will be kind of a big deal, but I think it might be for the best. Sure. And then, you know, as as far as officiating goes, in the NBA, I mean, they're trying to negotiate a 1% integrity fee, which, you know, maybe it's a discussion for another time, but I think it's ridiculous because if you do the math, you know, 1% of the hold is, by, is 20% of the profit for these sports books. So that's much too high. Mm-hmm. But what they're doing is by asking for an integrity fee, they're assuming they're assuming the risk because now they're saying, okay, we've done our due diligence. We have the the, uh, the policies in place to make sure these refs aren't getting, uh, you know, paid off by the mob and the games aren't fixed. So I, not only do I think it's, um, you know, fiscally uh, unfeasible for them to expect a one percent integrity fee, but I also think it's bad. I think it's bad PR because when when a bad call is made and it, it changes the outcome of a game. The, the fingers are going to be pointed at the NBA because, well, they've got the integrity fee, so they're making sure, you know, they have all the responsibility to make sure the game is in line. So I, I think that's a bad move I, by, by their part. I agree. we got one minute left, so all I'm going to say about that is that I agree. And the thing is, is that NBA hardly – it doesn't even get close to bet on what the NFL does, so they should shut up and just be happy that people are even paying attention to their game, uh, you know, because nobody watches it until the playoffs anyways. Uh, so they should lay off that 1% integrity fee. Uh, if anything, the NFL should get it. Um, but that is the end of Wager Vision for our first test run show. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Live with Boomer and Cameron at Cameron Covers. Go ahead and give him a follow. He tweets out a lot of stuff about picks. You can also go and listen to the podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, or at ProSportsExtra.com. Cameron, anything else left? you got about 30 seconds. No, that's it. I, I just I got to say thanks for having me on again this season, and I, I'm really stoked. Like I said, the NFL is my favorite sport, and I'm going to be tweeting a lot of my picks out week in and week out. Um, every now and then I'll, I'll do a little bit of analysis, and I'll post all that for free on my Twitter. So, you know, a follow is appreciated, but I look forward to engaging with the fans and uh, talking NFL. It's my favorite sport to talk about, so it should be a good season. Yes, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Uh, Thanks for having me on. We'll see you next Wednesday, everybody. Thank you.